All right, everybody. Thanks for watching or, or listening. If you're listening to the podcast on the Daily Wire, let me just say up front, parental warning advisory here that uh, I, I know some people have told me they like watching my videos or listening to the podcast with their kids and with their family, which is great because I try to be family friendly as much as possible. But this conversation will, by necessity, I'm going to have to use some words and phrases and talk about some things that aren't appropriate or suitable for younger kids. So I, if you got kids around, maybe just uh, watch something else and then come back to this later. But do come back to it, please, because I think it's an important conversation. All right. So for all the adults, Senator Cory Booker last week provided us with, I think, a very helpful but also disturbing illustration of something. Um, he was at Mike Pompeo's confirmation hearing. Mike Pompeo is uh, uh, President Trump's nominee for Secretary of State. And Cory Booker, when it was his turn to ask questions, he decided to um, ask Pompeo about his views on sodomy. So not just gay marriage, okay? And that would also be irrelevant to the job. But no, this wasn't a discussion of, well, what are you, what's your opinion on laws pertaining to gay marriage? Or do you think the state should recognize gay marriages? Uh, do you think the, the state should be involved in marriage at all? All of that stuff would also be irrelevant, but you know that the left Democrats are going to bring that up. Booker took it a step further and he, he put gay marriage aside. He said he wanted to know, and this was his, his phrase, what's your opinion on gay sex? He asked him, in your opinion, is gay sex a perversion? And Pompeo wasn't quick enough in responding, I guess. So Booker asked him two more times. In total, three times he brought up gay sex to Mike Pompeo at a confirmation hearing for Secretary of State. Three times he shouted at him about gay sex. Now, first of all, this is obviously just a very thinly veiled, very, very thinly veiled attack on Christianity because everyone knows that any serious Christian, any devout Christian who's familiar with his faith and has read the Bible is obviously going to believe that sodomy is perversion because it says it right there in the Bible multiple times, Old Testament and New Testament. There's no way around it. Uh, this is, it's just, it's right there. A, a, there is no other acceptable answer. Um, if you if you are familiar at all about what your faith teaches, uh, sodomy is definitely listed as not just a sin, by the way, but sodomy is in the Bible multiple times across the Old and New Testaments, it is singled out as a particularly dire and grave sin. In fact, there are only four sins in Scripture that are listed as sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance. Only four times does that phrase appear of a sin crying out to God um, for divine retribution. And sodomy is one of those sins. Okay, so that's how serious God takes it. And it, that phrase appears in Genesis, which means that this is not just a belief held by Christianity, but in fact, by all the Abrahamic religions, uh, Judaism, uh, Islam as well. But does anyone seriously believe that Cory Booker or any other Democrat would berate a Muslim about this? A Muslim is going to feel exactly the same way. He may even feel it stronger. Yet that's not going to come up with a Muslim only with a Christian because this is anti-Christian. This is about keeping Christians out 
of public office. That's pretty clear. But anyone who watched the um, confirmation hearing, you know, they probably watched it and they were hoping to hear a discussion about subjects related to American diplomacy and national security. Cory Booker just wanted to talk about sex positions. And for that reason, even aside from the anti-Christian angle, for that reason, this whole scene was a perfect, also bizarre and gross illustration of what the modern Democrat Party and modern liberalism has become. And I say that because the left in America is obsessed with sex and obsessed with getting everyone's approval of their sexual exploits. It, it always comes back to sex for them. Have you noticed that? Everything comes back to sex. It, it, it always ends up back there. And not just with sex generally, but with, I need you to approve of these specific things I do in the bedroom. Not just tolerate, approve, celebrate, affirm. Everything goes back to that. It's all about sex. Everything's about sex. And this is where godless pagan ideologies always leave. Pagan societies are, are debauched societies for a reason. You think about the ancient pagan civilizations where you go to the pagan temple and there would be orgies and prostitution where sex is treated as, as this kind of sacred rite. And sex is also a sacred rite to the modern pagan, the modern idol worshiper, the modern self-worshiper, the modern leftist. And it's a sacred right because sex is to them the ultimate pleasure-seeking act. It is the ultimate. Um, uh, it is the ultimate act of of finding pleasure. You know, not just in life, but but using another. And this again, this is for this is from the godless secular perspective. With sex, you are using another person and kind of dominating them and using them for your own pleasure. You have turned a whole other human being into a tool for your pleasure. And so that's why it is the, it's the ultimate, because pleasure is the ultimate. Now, to the Christian, sex is also sacred, um, but for a different reason, because it bonds together husband and wife, and because it opens up the potential for the creation of human life. Sex is something that can create another human being. And for that reason, it is so important. There's this dumb stereotype that Christians are afraid of sex. Couldn't be further from the truth. Christianity has this deep respect for sex and it wants it to protect it. Why, if you go to um, an art museum and you see a great, piece of art um why why is there security around it why why would you put armed guards a security a fence you know why would you put that around a piece of art is it because you're afraid of the art you're afraid the art's going to come to life and attack people no it's because the art is a beautiful thing and you respect it that's why you protect it why does some, why would someone go and deface art? Why would they go spray, you know, graffiti all over the Mona Lisa? Why would they do that? Is it because they, is it because they really appreciate art and they think art is so fun? No, it's because they don't respect it. They have no respect for it. They don't see its inherent beauty and its inherent value and worth. 
So they deface it and they defile it and they make it something cheap and worthless. Um, in Christianity, we, in the church, we talk about consummating a marriage and everyone knows consummating a marriage is what happens when the married couple goes back to their uh, room after the wedding and they have sex. That's consummating the marriage. What does consummation mean? Consummation means completion. It means bringing something to completion. So that's really significant. Think about what that means. We, we say that a marriage is consummated through sex in Christianity. That, it, that means that the marital covenant itself is brought to completion when the husband and wife come together intimately. Um, when the husband and wife have sex, that is the completion of the marital covenant. That's what kind of, that's sort of like the lock that seals it. And now it is inseparable. It's for life. So that's how Christianity treats sex. Not at all something to be afraid of, but something to, something to uh, respect and to, and to reserve for this holy setting between husband and wife. In the godless secular world, sex is just pleasure. They've emptied it of all meaning, meaning they've defiled it, they've sprayed graffiti on it, they've defaced it, they've taken all of value and worth out of it. And so now sex, they've just boiled it down to the one aspect, just the physical sensation. So sex is just pleasure and nothing else. And, uh, and it's no other point. So sex is like, it's, it's similar to, um, playing a video game, playing a sport, watching TV. It's just a little bit more pleasurable than those things, but it's no more significant than that. And pleasure is the point of life. Sex is the best way to get pleasure. Therefore, sex is the point of life. And that's why they're obsessed with it. But it's also why if we're going to talk about who's afraid of sex, it's not the Christians, it's them. They're afraid of what sex really is. And that's why we talk about, you know, um, that's why they, 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 that's why we need to erect these barriers and everything else. And, um, you know, physical, actual physical barriers that are used in the sexual act. It's because they're afraid of sex, not the Christians. And that's why they demand that we affirm their sexual habits, not tolerate, but affirm. And now they still say they want us to mind our own business and, you know, it's none of our business. But this isn't what you do. If you want someone to, 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 to mind their own business, if you don't want people talking about your sex life, you don't bring it up at a confirmation hearing. You don't march through the street announcing it to everybody. That's not what you do when you want people to mind their own business. And this is what, you know, what, th this is the thing maybe in life that frustrates me more than anything else is intellectual dishonesty. Intellectual dishonesty is what, is, is, is what makes most of our discussions in society completely fruitless and worthless and why they devolve into incoherence within seconds and they never amount to anything and no conclusions are ever drawn and no one ever comes to any kind of agreement or consensus at all on any argument. The reason is because it, it, these are intellectually dishonest arguments and, and both people in the argument, or at least one person in the argument, usually on the left, on the, on the left side of the uh, equation, they're not being honest about what they actually believe and what their intentions actually are in the conversation. So they'll say, Hey, let's talk about my sex life. And then you'll, you'll say, I, and I, I, I'd really rather not. And they'll say, this is what I do in my sex life. Do you approve? 
No. Why are you talking about my sex life? This is none of your business. Well, which is it? Is it none of my business or do you want to talk about it? It's got to be one or the other. It, 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 it's the same thing with, uh, and, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's none of my business. Why are you marching through the street announcing? I mean, literally announcing it to the world, marching through the street saying, hey, everybody, look at me. This is my sex life. Look. Why are you doing that? A gay pride parade. What? What? Why? You, you have the right. That there's no more fighting for your rights. You have the right to do whatever you want in America. No one's stopping you. Okay? You can do whatever you want. Why are you announcing it? What's the point? If it's none of my business, what are you doing in the street? Waving a flag. I mean, you literally have a flag representing your sex life. Why? It's the same thing with the feminists in their vagina hats, wearing vagina costumes, talking explicitly about their genitals, and then they recoil in horror uh, if anyone dares intrude in their private life. I mean, you've got a you got women wearing vagina costumes, holding signs saying, stay out of my business. I would love to stay out of your business, but look at you. Look at you. I can't. Even worse, they demand that we subsidize their sex life by subsidizing their birth control. So they say, hey, mind your own business. Get out of my bedroom. But before you leave, put your, put your wallet on the, the dresser there because I'm going to need you to pay for this. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. A couple general rules of society. Number one, if you ask someone to pay for something, they get to have an opinion about it. Number two, even if you don't ask them to, to pay for it, if you bring up, okay, if you openly share details about your personal life with me, I get to have an opinion and express it. And you don't get to act like you're victimized because you brought it up. It's the court of public opinion in many ways operates like a court of law. Okay. Think of it like that. At least as far as this goes, imagine that a guy's on trial for, uh, arson. Okay. And in his past, he's been convicted of burglary. Well, the defense team will go to the judge and they'll say, that's his private life. That's his personal life. That's his personal history. It's not relevant to the arson, two different things. This shouldn't come up in the trial. We should be talking about the arson charges. That's the discussion, not this thing that's in the past. That's, you know, it, that's his, that's his issue. It, it's, it's jury doesn't need to hear about that. And the judge very often will say, yeah, you're right. You know what? This is inadmissible. Well, if the defense team or the defendant then proceeds to get up there and talk about it themselves, well, now all bets are off. You've just admitted it into the conversation. And so now the prosecution, they get to run with it because you brought it up. So what you can't do in the court of public opinion, and also in in the in a court of law, in both courts, you can't bring something up or talk about it, and then say, "Well, the other side, they're not allowed to talk about this thing," but I can. No, the moment you bring it up, you have submitted it for public conversation. If you don't want it in the public, and you don't want the public talking about it, and you don't want to hear people's opinions about it, don't bring it up. Um, but this is, you know, people will, uh, 
even aside from the sex issue, you know, in modern society, this is a common tactic people will use in, in pretty much any argument. You know, you'll be talking about something and you're talking just in general terms about this issue. You know, you're not using anyone's name. You're not speaking specifically about anyone's individual situation. And then what someone will come in to do is, is they'll come into the conversation and they will just unload their, their own personal details as it pertains to this general conversation. And they'll say, what are you talking about? This is, and then they'll just, they'll just give you all the nitty gritty gritty details of their own life that you didn't ask for. And why do they do that? Because they think as soon as they attach their personal life to this issue, well, now you're not allowed to talk about it and they automatically win. But people will get upset about at me because when they do that, here's what I do. Well, now I'm going to give you my opinion on this personal detail you've just given me. Then I'll say, no, I, you know what? I think you personally were wrong with this or that situation. And they'll say, well, how dare you? It's none of your business. Why did you tell me then? Why did you bring it up? I wasn't talking about you specifically. You brought yourself into this. Well, now I guess we're talking about you. I didn't want to talk about you, but you talked about you. And I'm not going to let you shut down the conversation. So now, okay, let's talk about you. You're wrong. You personally in your life, that's wrong. So it's the same thing with, uh, you know, if I'm walking down the street and I pass by strangers on the street, I, I'm, not, I'm not running up to the strangers and saying, hey, what do you do in your, what, what kind of sex do you like having? I, I, I don't do that because I don't care. And I don't want to know it's none of my business. If I ran up to you as, a, as just a stranger walking by, you know, we, we passed, we, we, we walked through the same aisle in Target or something. And I, and I came up to you and I said, Hey, what, what kind of sex do you have at home? Okay. If I did that, you'd, you'd be well within your rights to slap me in the face. Um, because it's none of my business. But if you run up to me and say, this is what I do, do you think it's a perversion? I'm well within my rights to say, yeah, I think it is. I didn't want to know this information. I really was, I didn't have this in mind when I got up this morning to talk about this. I'm just trying to shop. I'm, I'm just here at, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get some groceries and go home. You've brought this up. You have assaulted my eardrums with this information about you. I didn't want to know it, but now that we're here and we're talking about it, here's my answer. Yes, I think it's a perversion. And it's the same principle applies if you're marching through the street, announcing your sexual hobbies to the world, declaring it. I mean, shoving it at everyone's face. I mean, you're walking down Main Street in a city, just telling everyone, kids and everyone, guess what I do? I get to have an opinion about it. And it might be an opinion you don't like. If you don't want to hear it, then don't bring it up. I'll say it again for the last time. If you don't want to hear the public's opinion about your private life, don't bring it up. Pompeo was smart to not fall into the trap and actually answer Booker's question. But, I, you know, as I said, if someone asks me that, and I'm not being put up for Secretary of State, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But if someone asked me that, I would have no problem saying, yes, I think it's a perversion. If you're asking me, yeah, I do think it. I, that's what I think. So we know that um, the left won't shut up about their sex life because 
sex is pleasure. Pleasure is the point of life. Therefore, sex is the point of life. But still, a question kind of remains here. And the question is, all right, so you're obsessed with it because this is to use the point of life. Uh, and you find your identity in your sex life because you can't find it anywhere else. But why, why do you need affirmation, though? Why, why the interrogation about sodomy? Why the marches? Why the celebration? Why are you wearing the costume with the vagina and everything else? What, what are you doing that for? It, it's, it seems almost evangelical in the sense that you're trying to evangelize people into adopting your um, approach to sex, which, why? Now, but here's the thing. We're told all the time by the left and they'll kind of scoff and they'll say, what? Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to turn you gay. We're not trying to turn your kids gay. That's not the point of a uh, of a gay pride parade. Is it's not it's not to convince you to be gay. And okay, I believe you. I think that that's not really primarily the point. Well, then what is the point? Now, for Christians are often accused of Bible thumping, of hitting people over the head with their religion and their personal views on things. But that's because Christianity is evangelical. And yeah, we're very upfront. We are trying to convince you to be Christian for your own sake because we believe. That in Christianity, we, you find in, in Christ the key to salvation, to eternal happiness. And so not only do we feel perfectly um, uh, fine telling people about it, but we feel called, we are called to tell people about it. It would, it would be pretty horrible for us if we thought we had the key to eternal happiness and we didn't tell you. So you could disagree. You could say we're wrong. We're crazy. Fine. I mean, that's your opinion. You're allowed to have that opinion. But you, it doesn't make any sense for you to be offended at us for telling you, considering that part of our belief system is that through this, you find eternal happiness in heaven. So, yes, we are trying to convince you to be Christian. But with the left, with the sexual stuff, they'll say, no, we're not trying to convince you to do any of this. Okay, so what are you doing? You have you already have the right to do whatever you want sexually, so there's no sort of uh, shortage of rights. What? Why? What are you doing? I think the answer is, um, it's the same thing that motivates anyone who talks too much about themselves, overshares, dominates the conversation with irrelevant personal details. It's always insecurity. The person who goes around announcing, I am so confident in my personal choices and my lifestyle. I want to tell everyone about it. That person is definitely not confident because that's not what confident people do. Um, a confident person is someone with quiet dignity, someone who doesn't seek affirmation from the world because he doesn't need it. And the feelings of the world are irrelevant to him. So, um, I'll announce my Christianity to the world because I do want you to be Christian for your own sake. But as far as my personal life, as a heterosexual married male, I'm not talking about that. And I'm not waving a flag saying, I, I'm so proud of it. I don't do that because I don't need your approval. It, it doesn't matter. I'm 100% confident in it. And I have found fulfillment. I don't need, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, everyone in the world could think that my relationship with my wife is disgusting. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I, I, it, it, I really doesn't. It's, the, 
I mean, if everyone in the world thought that, I would think, well, you're all pretty crazy, but that's, that's on you. I, I'm, I'm not going to go talking about it. I'm not going to go talking about it in the world because number one, I don't need your affirmation. It doesn't matter to me. I'm 100% confident. Number two, to me, it's an intimate, private, sacred thing. And so I'm, I, 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 I'm not going to put it out there for public consumption. I'm not going to put it up there for public debate. I'm not going to use it in an argument as a bludgeon to beat my enemies with or as emotional blackmail. I, I'm not going to cheapen it like that. I'm going to keep it to myself with my wife. You know, it's between me, my wife, and God. That's all. That's the real reason you don't see, you know, we talk, people say, well, why aren't there any heterosexual pride parades? I think for most people like myself, anyway, it's because I. What would be the, what would be the point? There's no point in it. And also, this is private. It's for me. It's not for anyone else. So I think people are, especially on the left, you know, that people are, uh, you know, they're 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 unfulfilled and they feel empty, and they're not confident. And for that reason, I pity them and I have compassion for them and I pray for them. But point remains, the moment you bring this up, the moment you grab a sign, grab a flag, take to the streets, bring it up at a confirmation hearing, whatever else, uh, you start beating people over the head with it, shoving in their face 24-7. The moment you do that, well, whatever offensive opinions you hear as a result, it's your fault brought it on yourself. All right. Um, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.